Hey guys, this is JP of The Random Programmer and welcome to episode 2. It's 12.51 here in the Philippines and uh, so let's begin. Um, I'll be answering a couple of questions unlike the uh, first episode where I just answered one. But this time they will be just quick answers to um, short questions. So let's begin. So the first question is, uh, what is a good starting programming language? And uh, specifically, what is a good starting language for machine learning? So um, I'm thinking uh, one of the best programming languages for beginners and experienced users alike is Python, especially for machine learning. it, if you programmed before, it's unlike uh, the C-based languages. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, you have to indent them. You're forcefully uh, made to indent them for the program to work. Uh, unlike languages wherein the uh, the indentions are are not enforced in the language. So it's a pretty language. It's a, a, a very powerful language. Um, there are a lot of um, functions that are already built into it. That are not in other languages. And when you're programming Python, it's like you're you're writing in English. It's almost like that. So, and uh, Python is a great beginning programming language, especially for machine learning, because a lot of um, tools uh, are built with Python. Uh, libraries uh, for data science, uh, for processing, for the actual analysis, they're already built into machine learning. Uh, they're already built into Python. Uh, libraries for Python. So like we have um, like Pandas, um, NumPy, SciPy, and Scikit-Learn, um, then TensorFlow. We have that in Python. So, um, Python is really a great place to start for beginning developers, and uh, even experienced ones alike, and especially if you're into machine learning and deep learning. So, that's for the first question. So, what's next? Next question is why are strings immutable or final in Java? Um, they're not actually final. Um, to answer the question, they're, they're immutable. Uh, because there's a final keyword in Java and it's not like that. So um, a string is immutable. Um, what immutable means is that you can't change it. Uh, I mean, if uh, you need to change it, it will create a new instance of that string. So that is what's uh, immutable. So why is string what are, why are string types in Java immutable? Um, one, because it makes it thread safe. Um, this means that if you're using it in a thread, uh, you're gonna have a bad time if you're accessing that particular variable, a string, and it's mutable. So if you're using it in threads, if someone's, if a thread is using it, and you change that, 
and the other third is not expecting it to change, then you're gonna have problems. You're gonna get the, the, the wrong data. So what happens is that you need to make the string immutable and that's what Java does. And uh, also another, another reason is that uh, for security. So uh, a lot of stuff um, like keys, uh, private keys are string types. So they should be immutable Hell, uh, or um, yeah, they should be immutable or you'll be experiencing some uh, breaches. Uh, that's possible so yeah so the next question is how do you check if a tree is balanced in Java um, actually I answered this in in the comment section of it's a language agnostic question it doesn't have to be java but um okay so to answer this question check if a tree is balanced uh we i think we have different uh definitions of what a balanced tree is but the most uh, common definition is a height balanced tree so that means that the height of the left and the difference of the heights of the left subtree and the right subtree are uh, do not exceed one. So if you have the height of the left subtree as three and the right subtree as four, um, the tree is balanced. If that exceeds one, the tree is that the tree is not balanced height-wise. So what you can do to check is uh, just simply get the root, get the left, uh, get the left child. And then traverse uh, to the uh, last uh, to to the leaves of the tree and find the height of that subtree, and uh, do the same to the right, and then compare if if the difference of the two heights do not exceed one, then the tree is balanced. That's basically it. So the last question I'll be answering. Um, in this episode would be FP versus OOP but um, it wasn't really a question it was just written there as FP versus OOP so um, let's examine this one but maybe I'll answer this uh, in greater detail in, in another episode but um, main differences so FP versus OOP so we're more familiar with OOP so let's start with that OOP is more as the name suggests object oriented so you're more concerned with uh, the objects, classes, etc. in OOP. Uh, in contrast to FP, or functional programming, you're more concerned with the data flow. So uh, you don't have to concern yourself with the, the objects involved. You uh, treat um, you treat your objects as data. Just think of them as data. And another difference is that FP uh, uses um, functions. So if you're doing pure FP programming, you're not gonna see any classes there. Yep, no classes. And what else are differences? Yeah, um, OOP is closer to programming. 
while FP is closer to math actually so um, so you can do um, proofs there and you can do um, pretty amazing things in FP like uh, for example in JavaScript JavaScript doesn't have uh, tail call rec recursion so that means your recursive calls are not uh, are not optimized so they stack the uh, uh, every time you call the function the function calls itself it is put on top of stack um, if you're doing tail call recursion that shouldn't really be happening but JavaScript doesn't implement that so what's an alternative um, you have what is called a Y combinator uh, it's a function straight out of lambda calculus and it's usually used to make uh, functions who do recursive calls uh, more efficient and so you could combine that with memorization and uh, so you can make your your program uh, your your functions pretty efficient so you you won't encounter uh, stack overflows if you you go deep enough in the stack uh, what else another difference is that um, with OP it's usually um, imperative that means you're uh, more concerned with how how a function should work in uh, in contrast to FP's declarative way which is uh, you're not concerned with how it is done you're concerned with what is being done it's just being described you're declaring how it works you're not really concerned with how it works so that's how it is so like uh, when you're using map or filter you're not concerned with how maps and filters work just you give it a predicate and it should just work you declare it you just declare it you know you're not concerned with the the underlying implementation so um f is actually pretty nice uh, there are still a lot of concepts uh probably won't fit in this episode so we still have like um pure purity function purity um uh, currying uh what else Referential transparency. Uh, yeah, we also have functors, monads, applicatives. So there's a lot of them. Um, you can just you know Google it. There's a lot of resources online, but it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, if you really want to go in depth, I think you you might want to check out Haskell instead, and then maybe you can apply the concepts in Java, and if in JavaScript, sorry. So you can try uh, maybe um, to get closer with um, Brand or Fantasyland. Um, they're pretty nice uh, libraries for functional programming JavaScript. If you're interested in JavaScript, but um, yeah, there's uh, there are a lot of resources. Just check them out. Honestly, I think FP is a pretty nice uh, paradigm for programming. Yeah, so that that was a lot. Um, there was a lot of computer science there. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in subsequent episodes. So that's it for episode two, and see you next time.